You're listening to the Two Man Weave Podcast with your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. All right. This is the Two Man Weave. My name is Michael Rappaport. Here with Kenyon Martin. Yes, sir. Of the Confrontational Two. We're in the midst of the NBA playoffs. We're in the midst of a lot of things. Worldwide playoffs. Donald Trump, Comey, the Celtics, <laughs> the Wizards, the Rockets, and the San Antonio Spurs. How you feeling, Kenyon? I'm feeling great, Mike. How about yourself, man? It's a lovely Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? Yep. We're back at it. Giving the people what they need and what they want, NBA-related and everything else we decide to talk about. So it's a great day. Rough, rugged, and raw. The Wizards and the Celtics game five in the longest running skinny genification series in the history of the NBA. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like that series has taken a long time, Kenyon? Yeah, they had so many days in between um, um, the last game. You know, yeah, yeah. It seemed like yeah, they stretched this one out for whatever reason. Um, I guess they wanted to get the other series over with. Uh, I guess they thought those had a better chance of being over with before this one. So stretch this one out even even more and give Cleveland even more rest. <laughs> the uh, Rockets and the Spurs are uh, are, are uh, they're in the, they're in the cut. They're playing ball. The uh, the, uh, the the seven lives of Manu Ginobili. Just when you think he's out. Hey, you can never count the old guy out, man. Hey, still know how to play. Um, his mind still is quick, you know what I'm saying? But he just um, he had a good game, man. He had a good all-around game, um, game-winning plays. Um, yeah. And that's why he's still around. Uh, yeah. And, and that's why Pop still has him on the roster for situations like this. Um, you, um, so you're without Tony Parker. Um, Kawhi's hobble. Kawhi's not in the game. And you need somebody who you can rely on. And man, who was that guy? You know, he made huge plays, the layup and the block. You know, um, huge plays, huge 12.7 rebounds. You know, so he did a lot. And Boston Celtics, um, I'm surprised Andy Cohen didn't show up to make it an official <laughs> Real Housewives of uh, Boston. Uh, you know, after sh- Yo, I'm, I'm going to jump right into this. So if, yeah, if you didn't do. see this, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody saw this. And I really, uh, I, I'm coming out of left field with Kenyon on this one. But the... Big the, the the big the big part of the Boston Celtics uh, championship team, Rondo, KG, Paul Pierce, uh, Perkins, and Big Baby were on KG's Area Twenty One show, which I like is like like a little pullout on the TNT uh, program, and they went on a six minute Doctor Phil psychoanalytical plea for help. I I I mean. I didn't understand. You know, I, I got to get my. I got. I got. I want to hear your take on this, Kenya. But th- this is what I thought about this. I was like, I've never seen anything like that. I was like, I, I was thinking about this. I've never seen anything in sports. We have so much access to everybody, and there's so many. Everybody ha- like is just putting everything out there. And they went in for it was like six minutes and forty seconds about their relationship with Ray Allen, and essentially all of them were like. Well, I didn't think he should have left that way. And, he, you know, we created a brotherhood here. And they were also talking about this Boston Celtic team like they were like the— they was drafted there. Like they were drafted there, number one. <laughs> and, like, they won six championships like the Chicago Bulls. Like, yo, you won one championship. Yeah. It was a very, very good team. But it's not like you had this dynasty. 
Yeah, and, and and then Ray Allen left. He went to Miami. Obviously, he was very instrumental in, in winning that ring down there. He decided to leave. Kenyon's right. These guys weren't drafted there. And whether they're not drafted there, to go on there and be like, well, I thought he shouldn't have left that way, and he should do this, and he should do that, and they're complaining, and they're, you know, like, I think he should reach out to us to fix it. And each one of them said the same thing. Even... Tough guy, Kendrick Perkins. I'm like, yo, you're a grown man. Who cares about Ray Allen? Ray didn't do nothing to you. He left. What is your take on that whole thing? I know it's been a lot of talk on. Ray Allen didn't do anything to them guys but help them win a championship. That's it. That's it. He did, listen, he did more than Kendrick Perkins and Big Baby. Right. Without Ray Allen, there's no championship. So, like you know, you 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 have friends in the NBA. You have friends that played when you played, and you you have a strong opinion. Like I yeah. thought that that was like it was like seriously, it was like Doctor Phil. It was this like week. literally. What is that, Kenyon? Yeah, like you called it exactly what it is. Um, the real housew- housewives of Boston. You know, that's exactly what it is. It's it's complaining when nothing needs to be complained about. It's you making excuse me making a story when there's no story. He's a grown man, first and foremost. He can go where he wants. He made the decision to come there and join y'all. He didn't have to do that. No, he could have went somewhere else. He won a championship. Y'all went there to win a championship. Y'all accomplished that. Y'all, The Lakers beat y'all, then y'all turned around and beat them. So y'all accomplished what y'all went there for, is to win the championship. He, he, he should be free to go where he wants to go, you know? And we don't know all the circumstances. We don't know the money they were offering in Boston. We don't know what his wife wanted to do. What None of that. You know? So it's bigger than y'all emotions and y'all feelings. What about you know? the whole thing they were latching on to? It's just the way that he did it. Like, he didn't let us Who, know. He doesn't. And? Right. He's grown. He's a grown man. And for them to be on TV nine years after the fact, I'm like. Get over it. Who cares? Like, okay, get I get it. Get over but it. A whole segment on this, and it's like the talk of the week. And I'm like, these are like none of them is for- in the NBA anymore. None of them, none of the five that were on the last, except Rondo. Rondo's still playing, but the other guys are not in the league anymore. No Paul just retired. KG been a couple years now. Big Baby ate his way out the league. Uh. You know, and Kendrick Perkins was he, he? He is what he is. Like I don't, I'm not buying it. You know, I just get over it. Yeah, over I, I it, agree. I, I thought it was like. I just was like, when I, I wasn't thinking much about it when I saw it. Then, like, the next I was like, yo, this is crazy, man. And these are yeah. all real. Like, we're talking about KG, Paul Pierce. Guys who who we respect. These are real uh, ball players. These are real dudes. Like KG like, and Paul, I respect in the game. Yeah, I mean, these are dudes, man. Like, I just don't know. Like, I could, you make a comment on it and keep it moving to make it like a whole, you know, sort of like wine fest. I was just surprised that it, well, that it went well, on that I wouldn't long. be surprised about Big baby whining, mm-hmm. you know how can he not? He's crying. Right. I, I expect that from him. He's on the sideline crying during the course of the game. You know, he, I expect that from him. Would he? Would he really cry during during the course? He did. Of games? He did. It's documented. Look it up. He cried during the course of a basketball game on the sideline, and hurt. And for what I'm hearing, it wasn't the only time. You know, that's my thing. But with, Ray Allen did a lot for himself for the teams he was on: Milwaukee, Seattle. Miami, Boston, every team he was on, he did well for himself and organization, whoever he played for. He saw better opportunity with better players at the time. Right. You know, he made that decision. 
You know, we all make decisions throughout our careers. Some people like it, some people don't. But eventually, you got to get over it. You know, yeah, get over and why, it. And why all of them saying he needs to reach out to them? Why you can't be the bigger man and reach out to them? Like, that's what I'm getting at. I totally agree. I totally agree. It's, uh, I thought it was, uh, uh, it was over the top and, 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 and sort of embarrassing for dudes that I really respect. Uh, I'm in here with Jordan Winter, the producer extraordinaire. This, this, you said this uh, kept you up uh, at night, huh, Jordan? Yeah, it really upset me. What's good, Kmart? What up with you, Jordan? Uh, you know, we're just out of here. Here's the thing. Ray Allen was losing time to Avery Bradley, and he seemed to not have the best relationship with Doc. He was well within his rights to leave. I mean, didn't Paul Pierce and Kevin, didn't they leave Boston to go try to play with a super team in Brooklyn? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know all the the circumstances that's surrounding it. You know, you don't know. You don't know everything that's involved. You don't know, like you said, his relationship with Doc, how he feels about Avery Bradley cutting into his minutes. Like, you don't know how, how, how he feel about that. And he don't have to come and explain that to y'all. He don't. He, like, Go ahead. I'm saying, but he, I was just, I was just, just finished saying that he doesn't have to explain himself to y'all. You know? What is uh, Rondo's reputation in terms of, like, being on a team? Obviously, when he's playing and he's focused, you see what he wants, you know, see what he could do whenever he, he's. I don't know if it's if it's the, he's determined or he's invested, but like, why is he sort of sort of this controversial enigma? You know, earlier in the season, I was like, "Yo, he's going to be over there in China with Steph Marbury if he doesn't get it together." Then he, you know, he gets it together, and you know, he was one of the the the, the big three in Cle in uh, Chicago that was going to, in my opinion, eliminate the Boston Celtics, whatever the circumstances were, they were playing very good. Yes. But, like, what what do you know about him? Why, why is he such a sort of, like, he's so talented. He was in Sacramento last year. Like, that was a statement. Yeah. Like, yo, we're sending you to Sacramento. Sending you to uh, – I, I just think he he is who he is. Um, he has a a personality in certain, in certain situations, I think, that rubs people, some people the wrong way. Um, but he's a hell of a talent. Yeah, you know, um, he goes to Sacramento and leads the NBA in assists. You know, yeah. so the talent is there. That's never been the issue. Um, I just think he's probably not the the best people person. I think maybe you know what I'm saying he mm-hmm. probably don't deal with people well. You know what I'm saying you never know. But but basketball, um, he speaks. Um, his, his play speaks volumes. Um, when he's on the court, um, people rave about his play. You know, um, but like I said, I, I've never been on the team with him. I've never right. spent significant time with him or around him. But it's just things that I I I hear. I'm saying through the grapevine that right. he's probably not the easiest person to to deal with at times. Um, people was saying that he thought he was just as important to the big to the Boston success as KG and Paul and Ray, which which he was. I agree. so he had he had every right to feel that way, but that rubbed some people the wrong way, you know. But he believes in his talent. He believes in what he can do. And for what I see, he don't compromise that for anyone, you know. So right or wrong or indifferent, um, it is what it is. This is the two-man weave. My name is Michael Rapport. I'm in here with Kenya Martin. Nickname's Kmart. Uh, we have a call. We're taking calls all show. Two hours of funk. Uh, we have uh, Scott on the line. Got a question for us about, uh, I think, the Boston Celtics. Scott, what's up? What's up, Scott? Real quick, I'm a I'm a Chicago fan, and I actually agree with what you're saying about Rondo. 
the one thing that kind of caught me about that segment was though earlier this year he had the whole Instagram beef with Jimmy Butler and Dwayne talking about my veterans this, my veterans that. And then you see that, the way he interacted with Doc even, just talking about it, it just confuses me because it's like on the court he's a leader, he gets this shit done. As soon Stuff. as he steps off the court, it's like, dude, what's going on with you? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's uh, it, it's hard to figure out, but I, you know, he he, I I do respect that he sticks to a, he he does what he wants to do. Yeah, um, we all have we all have things that, that 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 makes us the professionals that we are, whether whether people like them or not. You know, that's what makes us unique. That's what makes us special. That's why we're here. You know, and everybody is not going to like the way he goes about his business off the court, and on the court for so to speak. But it, like. People choose to deal with him. So you chose to bring him to Chicago. Um, yeah, got off to rocky, I mean, got off to a rocky start, but I mean, at least we're not the Knicks right now. I'll yeah, definitely. You know I'm saying they got off, but listen, <laughs> one one thing I can tell you though, like had uh, had they had him going home for them two games, we would they be, would beat they y'all would have beat Boston. Right? <laughs> but still though, like there's um, so you have to start somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, so you I have to start agree. somewhere, like y'all. Like I'm gonna say, like I'm, me and Mike talk all the time on the show that you guys were, I'm saying Chicago were pretty much packing it in. You know, what I'm saying D Wade was hurt. They traded. I'm saying they traded um, Todd Gibson and um, McDermott. So, so they were pretty much packing it in. But the guys kept playing and they made the playoffs. So you have to start somewhere. You know, they got a foundation to build on. So we'll see. Thank you for the call, Scott. Wait, you got another question there, Scott? Or whatever. What? Yeah, he, uh, he's still picking that beef. I think it's. I think Rondo needs a guy around him that relates to him, and I think that was Doc. I just think he got pushed out of there a little bit too young, and then when the show became about him, since then he's just been so self-driven. I feel like, but he plays a point guard position. It's like one of those things that's like he's distributing the rock, making his teammates better, but that's usually a team leader position. And I don't know, man. Sometimes I think he's a- and understanding that role. No, I think he's a leader. He just has his his way of leading, you know. Right. Until you understand that, like I I don't know Fred Horberg, but I just think Tom Thibodeau would have had a little easier time dealing with Rondo. He's a stronger personality. He's he's more respected, you know. He's he's proven in his league and the assistance as, as well. You know, what I'm saying everybody have to look at the situation not as for what Rondo is doing wrong or the things that you've heard about. Rondo over the years, you don't know the situations. People don't know what what's being said behind closed doors. What the interactions are with himself, the assistant coach that he allegedly got into it with himself and Dwayne Wade, himself and Jimmy Butler, and and himself and Fred Holberg. People don't know those relationships, you know. But he went out there, he put all that behind him, played well, got them in the playoffs. It's just unfortunate it ended the way it did, but I like Rondo. I like what he does for the game. I like the way he competes. And if I was the Chicago Bulls, I would definitely have him back. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for the call, Scott. We're taking calls all show, 844-635-6684, The name of the show is The Two-Man Weave. Michael Rapport, Kenny Martin. We also go by the name of the uh, Confrontational Two. We got the Wizards, Celtics tonight, game five. John Wall is doing his thing, averaging 27.8 points per game, 12.3 assists, 42% shooting, five turnovers a game, which is a lot. 
2.8 steal. You know, he's filling up the, bo- the box score. Bradley Beal's doing his thing, 23.6 a game. Isaiah Thomas is averaging, let's just say 30 points, 29.5 points a game on 50% shooting, 5.5 assists a game, 3 turnovers. But I feel like the Boston Celtics, they're, they're done. Even the games that they came back and won, they were down so much. Uh, uh, every All four games, they've been down so much. And and the you know Isaiah Thomas could only be Superman so many times. They had a twenty six point run in the third quarter of the last game. The Washington Wizards still always stuck on almost calling them the Washington Bullets. Just goes to show uh, that I'm a little. I think older. you can get away with calling them the Bullets, Mike. Why not? Right? Yeah, I think you can. Every listen, the people that. I knew callers, new new fans to the NBA probably don't know who you're speaking of, but guys that know basketball, people that know, guys and women alike that knows the game of basketball to listen to the show, they understand who the Washington Bullets are. The Bullets, Earl of Pearl Monroe, West West Unseld. They had teams out there. Definitely. Uh, what's going to happen in this rest of this series, Kenyon? Ah, man, just from the beginning, uh, I thought it would be a tough series. Uh, I, I think uh, Washington has more in the cupboard, um, so to speak, than, than Boston. Um, but Washington has proven that they can go up to um, Boston and play. Um, it's unfortunate I'm saying let both of those games get away mm-hmm. um, in Boston, but Building on that, I think they have something to build on, um, something to believe in that they can go up there and get a game, which they need to in order to win the series. You know what I'm saying? They need to go up there and get one. You know, um, there's no better time than tonight. What does Boston need to do to, you know, keep keep uh, keep this thing going? Because I feel like the momentum, again, is with the Wizards, even though uh, it's 2-2. Two to two. Um, Yeah, because you saw the Warford. way the first two games went in Boston. You know what I'm saying? So you saw the mm-hmm. first two games the way they went in Boston. So that's what – um, that's what it is. I just think that that Washington believes that they can win there. Right. You know, you know I just think they believe that they can win there. You know, um, at no point in in um, in Washington did Boston have a big lead like that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So the game were competitive, but I think Boston should be worried. I, I definitely think Boston should be worried going home. What what is up with Al Horford? Last week we started to say he started to play better, but I mean he's like a regular basketball player, and I like he's a Al Horford. Shooter. Is he he's a three point shooter? Yeah, look at it. But wasn't he, he like a twenty ten guy? Like he was like yeah, he played around the hoop he's, he's, in Atlanta. He's a new NBA player. He's 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 falling into this new NBA. You know he's stroking it from the outside now. Don't get me wrong. Now every time I look up, he's making a three. You know, but he's <sighs> he's went to, um he's this new NBA. You know, um, and that's what that's that's just what it is. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying you want to evolve as a basketball player. You want to be able to expand your, um, uh, your range on your jump shot and things like that. But I think he does that more than anything else. You know, just like Serge Ibaka and certain other guys. You know, what I'm saying they fall in love with the jump shot, and you forget. I, 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 I think guys forget what got them to that point. Mm. You know, you can still do those things, but don't let that become you. You know. We got Al Harrington on the line. Al, you with me? No problem. You know, I got you anything you need. All right, this is going to become a three-man weave here. Got Al Harrington on the left wing. 
Kenyon Martin on the right wing. Al might do a little pick and pop. Kenyon and Al are on the uh, the trilogy Big Three team. The Big Three is a tournament that's going down in the summer. I'm the Kristen Ledlow. Captain, these are the captains, the co-captains. How are you guys feeling about your team? Are you guys in shape? All right. How are you feeling about the summer? Because as, 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 as we talked about, the Big Three combine, tryouts, practice, and draft proves it's, it's going to be a battle of the fittest. It's going to be who's really committed to winning, who's going to be in shape. Talk to me about how you're feeling about the team, Al. Man, I, I like our chances, man. You know, me and Kenyon, obviously, we're taking it very serious. Uh, we just started our training on Monday. Uh, you know, we did a double session. Yesterday, we got a lift in. Today, we got another lift in. I'm actually about to go ride my mountain bike. So, uh, you know, we're taking this very serious, and we're going to definitely come in in tip-top shape. All right. Kenyon? Yeah, man. Hey, we ready, man. Um, I'm about to say, we went into the draft and the combine thing with a, I'm saying, with a plan on things that we were looking for and what we needed as a team in order to complete it and, um, and to compete. And I think we did a good job, man, picking McCants, um, James White, and Deion Glover. You know, uh, um, I like our chances versus anybody, you know, um, and we're going to push each other in our workouts as well. I'm saying we got um, – and Deion Glover, man, I'm saying we got guys who can play, who can guard each position, and um, – and we pushing these stuff in our workout, man. I'm saying, man, Al works out together, uh, and McCants lives out here as well. So I'm okay. we got three out of five working out together. All right. Well, you if, know, you, so. if you're looking for another guy to, like, spot you or work out, like, I don't understand why Kenyon, Al, I've known you too. You're from Jersey. I do a radio show with this guy, Kenyon Martin. The workouts happen. I'm hearing about it past tense. Like, I'm around. Like, I'm trying to get that work in too. Like, man, I don't know what out. the problem is, Kenyon. Like, it's like I don't even get a call, a text. Like, I'm hearing about it in past. I didn't know you guys put a double in on Monday. I was right, right around here, man. So my guy put in a double. Al, how are you feeling about the playoffs, man? Are you enjoying it? Uh, you know, there's been – I want to hear both of you guys' take on this. There's been a lot of talk. It seems like they got to create themes. Last year during the playoffs, the big theme was if Steph Curry should – it should have been a unanimous MVP. Remember, there was like the big drama. He shouldn't have been unanimous. He's the only person who's been unanimous. And that was like the, the, the conversation throughout the playoffs. This year, the conversation throughout the playoffs is that uh, the playoffs stink and that they're boring. What do you? What is your take on that? I mean, you, you guys both do radio and TV and you, you show up on these shows. And, you know, Ken, you, you, you're down there at ESPN. They're talking about the playoffs thinking. What do you think about this, Al? What's your take on the playoffs so far? Look, man, Kenyon know me, you know, as good as anybody. He know I'm not a hater. I'm usually the dude that's always positive about everything. I'm always trying to find the good in something. But I have to say, these playoffs suck, man. I'm like, Why? I, just, it's, it's, I mean, one, is too many blowouts. I mean, at this point, I mean, we all knew that the Cavs and, and Golden State was definitely, you know, going to get to the finals. But it's like, it's no fight. It's like nobody's even challenging them so it makes it boring to the point where they should have just ended the season and just let them boys go at it. What has been your biggest disappointing team of the playoffs? Like, what team did you expect to make more noise? They might even still be in there. But, but you know, but, like, what team are you like, ah, these guys were supposed to be, you know, doing something, and they and it, they're just it's – a, it's a wrap. That team for me was definitely Toronto, man. I thought them getting P.J. and them getting uh, Ibaka was definitely going to be able to push the uh, Cavs. And, I mean, it was a joke. So, you know, they were definitely my most disappointing team. Ken? Yeah, I'm saying I agree with Al. You know what I'm saying? You, 
I know the way I feel. I know the way you feel. So we watch a lot of games together. We have a lot of conversations about the league as a whole. No, but yeah, man, it's just like at least make the games competitive. You know, mm-hmm. That's all I'm thinking of. Like that's all I'm, I'm thinking of. Like it's, it's like it's, it's to the point. Like Al said, like just let them guys play for the finals on the major market, and then let them other teams just play. I'm saying not on TV. I'm saying right. they still got to play for who win the series or whatnot. But we know who's going to be in the finals, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's boring basketball, so to speak. I'm saying we knew the like I said, Al said though. Those teams are good, and it's going to be a tough road to get um, to, to the finals, but at least make it competitive. Both of the teams that I think are going to be totally uh, different next year, I mean, two two of the teams that I think are going to be totally different uh, uh, next season have already been eliminated, and that's the Raptors. Kyle Lowry is saying he's he's done, done with Toronto, and, and I think by default the Clippers – are are we're, that's going to be a totally different team. I think they both sort of taken things as far as they can go. Al, if you were Kyle Lowry, you're a point guard. What would you go? Where would you go? What's the best place where you don't need to decompress during playoff games anymore? I would do everything I could to get to the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, uh, why? That's my that's my choice because you already know they're gonna compete for a championship every year. You know, Pop wins one it seems like every five years, so he's right in that window that it's time for Pop to get another one. And they got a great supporting cast down there with Kawhi, you know, with Lamarcus. I think Pal Gasola end up being gone, but the one thing about Pop, Pop will find you know guys that fit that system that's gonna make them super competitive and have a chance to win it all. I think that's a, that's a good place. That's a good place. And and Tony Parker, you know, I don't know if he's going to keep playing or how how bad that injury is, but obviously he's coming to the end of his uh, career, and I, I think that's a good idea. All right, Al, you're from New Jersey. Dirty Jers. I got to ask you. Yeah, yes, it's, it's, it's a little dirty. Um, it's got great parts, too. My mom lives in Jersey. Um, right. Played for the Knicks. You grew up, I'm sure you had to have some affinity for the New York Knicks. What the heck are the New York Knicks going to do? What are you hearing? I mean, I know this is all hearsay. You could just literally put something on Twitter, and then some other person will be like, I heard, I heard. But now I heard, and I don't think this could ever happen, Carmelo Anthony uh, to Milwaukee for Chris Middleton. I said right off the bat, I don't care if if Milwaukee Bucks are, are on the cusp of a championship Carmelo Anthony is not going to spend the last part of his career in Milwaukee. Al, you're from New Jersey. What do we do to fix the New York Knicks? Well, let me just start off with that rumor. That's a terrible rumor. Whoever started that rumor should be shot. The <laughs> Knicks better not take no Chris Middleton for what? That's just start there. Melo is definitely not going to Milwaukee. The only place Melo will go to is, I think, L.A. He needs the prime time. He wants the lights. He wants the weather and all that. Um, what can we do as a squad? I have no idea, man. It's funny. I'm a diehard Knicks fan, still a Knicks fan. Love my Knicks, man. But we just cannot get it together. I guess we are definitely cursed. I guess ever since we got rid of Pat, and even when Pat did, the curse was still was festering, but we just cannot get it right, man. It's just, we're like the bad news bears. Mm. Um, well, my man Al Harrington, once again, um, I have to disagree with you in this aspect. Um, <laughs> You know, mid. Hey, listen, smells Get is our guy. Kenyon. Listen, Get on him. I love. Listen, and everybody know the way I feel about Carmelo Anthony. That's my guy. But <laughs> if Mil- 
If I was the Milwaukee Bucks, I would not trade Chris Middleton for Carmelo Anthony. You know, I like Chris Middleton. I like what right. he brings to that team. You know, of course it would help the Knicks. I'm saying right. He's an outside shooter, quiet, doesn't cause any problems, gets, goes up about his business. But I like him in Milwaukee, spacing the floor for Giannis. Um, I'm saying they get Jabari back. I like that mix with, with Chris there, you know, and I just can't. And then, like you said, Al, too, I just can't see him going there. Let, you know, let, I can't let, see him going to Milwaukee. There's two teams that I think that, that Melo should really, really consider. One of them, I don't think he will be on the radar. Which the other is, one, I think, is the Portland Trailblazers. Right. You say because the style of play? No, just because of where it is. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> but I'm saying you. But I'm saying is if if for, if you were going to say just basketball wise, forget where it is. We 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 know his personal life and the, and that's all. It's, whatever. That's his business. Yeah, he can but get them basketball over the hump, wise. I think. You think, I think so? He can get them over. I think Melo can get Portland over the hump to be competitive. You know, they need somebody like that. They need a score. Mm-hmm. I'm saying somebody that can help Dame out. Mm-hmm. I'm saying they can take the pressure off CJ. They got the big guy, um, 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 the big guy out there now that Murick. they traded for Denver with Yurik. So they traded. I'm saying they traded for him. Yeah. I like what they did with that, and or the Washington Bullets slash Wizards. Right. You know, I think him going down there and playing with John Wall, Bradley Beal, I give up Marquise Morris and somebody else for Melo. You know, in that situation. You right. know, but we'll see moving forward. But Phil has some answers and some 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 questions to answer and some moves to make to make the Knicks competitive, and we shall see. Yo, I, I, I listen, man. I, you know, it, it's it's so far past the time of discussing the Knicks because we're 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 in May and we're heading into June, and nothing that has to do with basketball. And these like Knicks is a team we start talking about again in in July. They 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 they've eliminated themselves from the discussion, like the 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 the, the summertime discussion. They're out of it. Like I, but it's like every single place I go, every every everywhere I go, people want to ask me about the Knicks, and I'm so frustrated with that team. Um, this is the two man we've got: Al Harrington on the phone, Kenyon Martin. Yo, Al, you came into the NBA when you were 18 years old, right? What right. is that like? You you you're 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 a kid. You obviously dream of playing basketball. You get drafted. When you played your first game, were you still 18 years old? Yeah, I was still 18, but you got to think about it. Like, think about it when you was 18 years old. You're so young, dumb, and naive, you don't even understand, like, the magnitude of what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, it was just like, I didn't know. I was just going along with the program or what they put in front of me. But, uh, you know, obviously the first time seeing some of the players that I had been watching, you know, go up against my Knicks for all those years and realize, like, I'm actually playing against these dudes, was definitely like an experience in itself, just like seeing these guys. Were you? What was one of the first like players that you grew up, you know, watching, being a fan of, and then you're actually on the court, you're going out for a tip-off, you're with the Indiana Pacers. Just the fact that you're with the Pacers, and this is Larry Bird, the most famous white person with no lips in the entire world. <laughs> I mean, you, you're dealing with him. You know, he's an icon. He, he He means so much. And then you go out on the court, you're shaking hands or you're about, you know, someone's dribbling a ball up the court. Like, who were, like, the first few players where you were, like, like a sort of out-of-body experience when you're 18 years old playing in the NBA? Well, let's just start before I even got to a game. The first person was Reggie Miller. Mm. You got to remember, I hated his guts. 
Yes. I'm a Knicks fan. I like, still I, do. When I, first met, when I first met Reggie, I wanted to kick him in his kneecap. I'm like, Reggie, I'm like, I had to get drafted of all teams. I had to go to the Indiana Pacers and play with Reggie Miller. You know how much hate we had in our house for Reggie Miller? You know what I'm saying? So he was the first person. You know what I'm saying? And then after that, obviously, like, you know, playing against somebody, um, I would say the first person I was kind of like in awe of because of his actual size and everything was Carl Malone. Mm. I've seen Carl Malone. I was like, oh, my God. Like, what am I so what, – what are we going to do against this man tonight? You know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, obviously it was just a lot of experiences like that. But Carl Malone definitely stuck out. Like, when I was just, like, kind of looking at him the whole time, like, what is that? Yeah, I like, could have. Who, who made that? <laughs> I, I, I saw him. I saw him a year ago, and he's still looking like he he could, you know, like he lifts trucks and like he's like real country. He was like telling me, you know, come down and we'll go fishing. I'm like, my man, I'm not doing what he like fighting tigers and lions down there, down south. I was like, I'm not on your level with all that. Louisiana, stuff. country yeah. boy. Yeah, that's he's he's really he's really country. Al, I'm going to let you go in a minute. Here's my final question. I'm going to let you, both, both of you guys go in on this. And it's going to all come back. All roads lead to LeVar Ball. But the last few years, Al, you came into the league fresh out of high school. I talk to Kenyon about this all the time. Some of these kids are coming into the NBA, the one and doneification of the NBA. Dudes are coming in. They're not ready. They're not physically ready. I don't think they're they're uh, 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 skill-wise ready. Um what do you think uh, needs to happen? What do you think with these kids? They go into the college, they play one year, and 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 they're they're coming out no matter what. Do you think it's hurt in the NBA? And and do you think or do you think the rules should change or do you get it that people should have the opportunity to do their thing? Like, do you think it's watering down the league? And what is your take on this? It's a like a phenomenon. It's like like Donald Trump and Levar Ball. Like this year, 2017, it'll always be associated with. Donald Trump, and then somewhere along there will be LeVar Ball. So it's a two-pronged question. What do you think about these one-and-done dudes? And then, of course, the Lonzo Ball, LeVar Ball uh, uh, phenomenon. Well, that part is a double-edged sword. Because you got to remember, I came out of high school, so I cannot be against that. And especially because, yeah, I was not ready, but at the time, I blame the league on the way they're approaching building these basketball teams. You know what I'm saying? My whole thing is like now they would – you know, a team can have an opportunity to sign me or Kmart as a 15th man, but they'd rather go sign some kid that can't play basketball at all. You know what mm. I'm saying? And he's going to take two or three years to develop. You know what I'm saying? So it's not the player's fault. It's the way that they manage these basketball teams. They're doing a terrible job, and it's like I don't understand. Like, they don't want to miss out on the next young thing, but a lot of times they bring these guys and don't give them an opportunity to do anything. You know what I'm saying? So to me – I don't get it. I mean, up until, like, all the high school players that came out, I would say 90% of us were very successful, all had great careers, you know what I'm saying, unless their injuries was what stopped it. So, you know, some of the greatest players considered ever to play in the game are high school guys. Mm -hmm. I, you know, top three guys is LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. They mm -hmm. did not go to college. So I don't think you need college to be able to go, you know, for you to, to, to guarantee that you're going to be a good pro. I think mm -hmm. there's signs and there's opportunity. I think opportunity and work ethic, when it, when it meets at the right time, you know, something great can happen. You know what I'm saying? And I think that 
you know, that rule I never really understood. You know what I'm saying? All these other sports guys can come out of high school and stuff like that. I really felt like it was a black thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I want to go super racist, you know, racist on this thing. But, you know, I, because we were all black players coming out, making all this money. And not only that, by us coming out of high school, we were getting an extra two or three years of, of hey. a contract. You know, what And I'm the saying? only white so, kid to not make it out of high school was the Robert Swift kid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Only one. You know what I'm saying? So I, that, that's my opinion on that. Now, LeVar Ball. Wait, 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 Al. Before, before you, before you switch. But do you think that? I mean, listen. The NBA is always going to be a predominantly black league. But do you? You don't think it had? There was a run of dudes that were like coming into the league, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But there was dudes that were coming into the league. You know, out of high school, that that didn't work out. Like the Darius Miles and the, you know, uh, the, the the names are forgetting. Me. Do you think it was affecting the quality of of the game? There was obviously the successes, the U and the KGs and the LeBrons. Those are three of the arguably top ten players of all time. Throwing Ken, KG in there, you could put him in a top ten list. So I agree with that. It's been a lot of success stories. But do you think that like the when guys aren't ready, even like this Ingram kid for the Lakers? He should not be playing in the NBA, as far, as far as I'm concerned. He's physically not ready to play in the NBA. Do you think it waters down the league, the one-and-done stuff? Uh, not really, because, I mean, no. <laughs> no. I mean, don't draft them. Don't tell right. them they're so high on it. Don't, don't tell them they're so high on this list. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, these get like – at this point, there's a lot of there's a lot of different avenues to find out information to find out where you're going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. It's these teams telling these kids that they're ready. Tell them they're you. not ready. Right. Yeah, Stand up you. together and say you're not ready. Yeah, you know I'm what I'm saying? It's not, it's not always on us. You got to remember, we're in positions where they're telling us that we can take care of our families, hopefully for the rest of our lives and their lives. So we got to we have to jump at that opportunity. You know I what I'm saying? You. So to me, it always reverts back to the team, the way they're managing their teams. They need to get together and say, look, these guys are not ready. And then Ingram will go back to school. But when mm-hmm. you're telling him after game 10, because he had one 30-point game at, you know, at, at, uh, at, at North Carolina, I mean, where, where can he go from there? But decide that they, that's where he's going to go. All right. Now segue into LeVar Ball. I, I want to hear what you got. I, I know Kenyon, like, he'll turn his back on me. He'll shut his mic. He doesn't want to talk about it. LeVar Ball, the four, do you own a pair of big baller sneakers? Are you a big baller, Al? Our, listen, hold on. Before you answer that question, <laughs> our friendship is on the line. Oh, my God. Listen. All right. I'm going to try to be short with this. No, but you could be long with it. I, I look, if you're I a big look, baller, you I got look, long wind. Right. I, look, I looked online for the big ballers to see if they had my size. They did not have my size. The reason why I would have bought a pair if they did have my size is because Al Harrington, because of the NBA and all that type of stuff, Al goes out, Al buys Balenciagas, Al buys Yeezys, you know, at the market for $2,000. How I view it is that I was supporting black business. So if there was an opportunity for me to buy a a pair of of LeVar, um, excuse me, of uh, Alonzo's shoes, I would have bought a pair. But they don't have do you, my size. Wow! But do See, you support? And he's will missing you support, out on money. You, you know who Levar Ball r- reminded me of this morning when I saw him on another interview when he had the tie with the three B's on it. And listen, there's no more controversial person that sort of made black business tremendous in the '70s, '80s, '90s, and but most of all for himself, Don King. 
Like, he, he reminds me of Don King because he's double talking. He's talking out the side of his mouth. And I really feel like this morning, like, he was speaking on his son's behalf. I'm like, if this kid's so into the shoes, why do you have your father doing it? Like, you're a grown, now you're essentially a grown man. You're about to become a businessman. You're about to be, you know, you got to be incorporated. Why is his father doing this? And, and I mean, what do you think, uh, like, the ramifications of it are? Or you're totally no. into it? Listen. No, I think it's being forced. Heard this thing. Okay, yeah, my bad. You know, you know, you know, you good at. I, I just think it's being forced on Alonzo. You know what I'm saying? I think Levar Ball is forcing this on his son. Like, what kid doesn't grow up wanting to play in Nikes? Right. I want that brand behind you, like, because at the end of the day, you can't compete with Nike. Right. You right. can't compete with Adidas. You can't compete with Under Armour. It's, it's, it's physically impossible. Like Al went on there look for shoes in his size. He doesn't have them. Al can go on Nike.com, Adidas.com, UnderArmor.com, and I guarantee they got a size 16. You know? Yep. Oh, so what if it's a, another person, not Al, looking for a size 16? You're missing out on that that business. You know? You know, so that's my thing with it. But Al, what do you think? No, I mean, just from an entrepreneurial standpoint, like, I, I mean, I totally get it. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, when you look, and I mean, it's always hindsight, better 50-50, whatever, when you, 2020, when you look back or at something. But, you know, you look at Michael Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Greatest, whatever, and he's made a billion dollars off his shoes. So it actually really worked out for him because of who he was in the time that he came up. But Michael Jordan's first shoe deal was $2.5 million a year. Now, allegedly, Nike sold so many shoes in year one, they made $30 million in the first month of releasing his shoe. So my whole thing is Michael wasn't able to, to to participate in all that growth off his own name and his and what he what he created. So from that standpoint, that's why I kind of see what he's trying to do, creating his own brand and the fact that he has three boys and different things like that, that he's trying to create something. I think his whole approach about how he's doing it and what he's trying to do is he's taking negative publicity and trying to turn it into good is how I think. You mm. know what I'm saying? I think he... His, his, his stance is like any publicity is good publicity. True. You know what I'm saying? And for True. us, me, me and a guy like Kmart, since we play in the league all the time, we know the effects of that. You know what I'm saying? Right. We know that teams not going to want to deal with a kid who's going to have – we're going to have to worry about his father trying to be in the locker room or his father's going to be tweeting after a loss where he passed the ball to Brian Ingram and he missed a shot and now his dad is tweeting, oh, Brian Ingram got to learn to step up for us to get over the hump. Teams right. don't want to have to deal with that. So that's where, he, that's where he's hurting his son. But I think him building this brand is not hurting his son. He's taking a chance. And I had this argument with a friend of mine the other day. I feel like if, if Lonzo turns out to what he's supposed to turn out to and what his dad thinks and the shooter thing don't work, Nike will still be there. Adidas will still be there. Under Armour will still be there. True. They're just taking True. a chance. And, I, and for me, for me, I respect them taking that chance. No, that's, no yeah, that's, that's a great point. Yeah, I'm saying I, I I didn't think about that aspect, but yeah, that's a great point. You know, what I'm saying they're taking the chance, and like you said, if if it doesn't work out, then those shoe companies will be there. If Nike doesn't right sue there. him, if Nike doesn't sue him first for that shoe looking like every shoe that Kobe Bryant has ever worn, <laughs> you know, let's start there. You know, right. if he can avoid that lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I said I was going to let you go out, but I'm going to throw this one more thing at you because it, this, this, uh, we talked about it earlier. Uh, it's a show. It premiered the other night. It, 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 uh, it was called The Real Housewives of Boston. It was starring Kevin Garnett, Rajon Rondo, 
Paul Pierce, um, uh, Big Baby, and Kendrick Perkins. What did you think of that whole Ray Allen bashing on live TV? Because I thought it was like, I'm a big Housewives fan. I'm a big Bravo fan. Uh, I I thought Andy Cohen was going to come out and moderate uh, uh, like these guys through their feelings. I never seen five, you know, quote unquote goons. They were carrying themselves like, yo, this was a goon squad where the Celtics, it's a brotherhood. I never seen five collectively cry, sob and whine all at the same time. And I respect all those players tremendously, especially my man, Paul Pierce. What did you think of that, that whole thing? Like to have these guys up there, Aaron Ray Allen, like out like that. Well, I actually missed it watching it live, so I can't really speak to it like that. But I obviously seen you know some clips and different things like that. Obviously, I mean that was that they didn't have to do that, man. You know what I'm saying? But I, I totally get, I kind of get where they're coming from because at the end of the day, they were in some real battles with Miami or whatever. And for Ray to like kind of leave and join that team, it just sucks. You know what I'm saying? But it happened so long ago. You would think they nice would be guy, see, this, 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 you know see, this is the nice guy out you're getting here. You know what I'm saying? See, this is the nice, I understand. It's a big, he is this was the wrong radio for leaving Boston. Kenny, yeah, this, this is who is, he is. I thought he's from Dirty Jersey, man. Listen, I thought so this guy was like, like a rough and Like if I was to have Jersey. a podcast, me and Al would be perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like if we did a podcast regularly every day, me and Al would be perfect. You know what I'm saying? Because he's the good guy and everything. Right, right. Al, see, like he said, he sees the positive and he's on the guy's side and all that. Man, that was weak. That was no, it was. It was. Whether they was in battles or not, listen, that man helped him get a ring. He decided to leave. Yeah. He did. I, listen, I, like, I, like I told y'all earlier, he did more. Ray Allen did more for that team than Kendrick Perkins or Big Baby. So if anybody right. should be the Ray should and Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins suck. Al, before I let you go, give me one Larry Bird story from your time. It, what, like, give me, was there anything like, did Larry ever come down and have a shooting contest with anybody? Like, what, what is your takeaway from, from Larry Bird? Like, if, when, you, when, you're an, uh, when you're a great-great-grandfather and your great-great-grandson says, what was Larry Bird like? What are you going to tell him, Al? Yo, Larry Bird was, man, he was so irritable towards rookies, man. Like, I have a lot of stories, so I'll just start with one. So I'll answer the first question. Did he shoot all the time? All the time. He used to challenge me and Jonathan Bender and shoot in contests all the time. I never beat him. Jonathan beat him. Jonathan would beat him regularly, believe it or not. Jonathan could shoot the ball. Never beat him. So let me tell you my first meeting with Larry Bird. So I get drafted. I'm in New Jersey or whatever. They didn't invite me to the draft. Me over Rashard Lewis at the time. They would like, this when they was like frowning upon high school guys coming out or whatever. So they didn't invite neither one of us to the draft, right? Happy they didn't, but we both went late. But whatever. So I get drafted. The next day, they obviously fly me in for the press conference. So I had a guy that was like kind of supposed to manage me at the time. He was like 400 pounds, right? So it's time for us to get get in the cab to go to the airport he can't get his big behind into the cab so i have we have to wait and get a van so that the van can take us to the airport get to the airport they're closing the door so the patients flew my parents out they flew me and the manager guy out whatever so i missed the flight get on the next flight i get to indiana obviously the press conference they had to change the time of the press conference everything right I walk in the room. Larry Bird is looking like he wants to kill me. So I'm, mm. I, my first time meeting him is not like, hey, welcome to the team. The first thing he said is like, I don't tolerate rookies being flaked. Excuse my language. Oh, okay. And Go ahead. after that, I, it was, I, I feel like I never had a great relationship with Larry Bird because I was late the first time I ever had, you know, the first time I ever met him. He, he so held Larry it against you. Cool. He held it against me the whole time. I swear he did. 
when, when you when you guys had shooting contests with him, when I mean, I don't remember. I can't do the math on how old he was. He could still shoot. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was lights out. He definitely still cocked that thing back, and then he could shoot both hands, right hand or left hand. Oh wow! See, I didn't know that. All right, Al. Listen, I appreciate calling. I appreciate yes, uh, the time. Uh, this is the two man weave. Michael Rapport, Kenya Martin. Um, it is the two man weave. We are live on the radio. We're going to uh, talk about this uh, Houston versus the Spurs. Yes, Kenyon. let's get into this. What is your uh, feeling about this series? Um, <clears throat> Houston, uh, I, I feel like Houston, the Dan Antonio teams eventually always bottom out. The tricks, the run and gun, the hit and miss. I feel like it's coming. It's like they really live or die on, on the shooting. How are you feeling about this uh, this series so far? I think his teams, they end up running into San Antonio. You know, I think that's the problem. Um, I, I think any Mike D'Antoni coach team, they end up eventually running into the San Antonio Spurs. You know, I don't think it's his system. I think it's who they play. Mm. You know, um, well, Coach Greg Popovich team, top defensive team in the NBA, um, arguably every year. You know, so they make it tough on you. And they find a way to scheme and game plan um, certain ways to to slow down the opposition, you know. And I think them um, in this series they're running, um, they're trying their best to run Houston off the line. Um, Houston shot forty seven threes last night. That's a lot of threes for one game. Is that live and die? Like, are they living yes. and dying on the three? Yeah, yeah, that's the way they played all season. Um, they played ISO basketball. They let James dictate a lot of it, um, him making plays for everyone all the, all the time. And eventually the San Antonio Spurs will figure that out. You know? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I just think even um, if you look at late in the fourth quarter and overtime last night, um, Houston played the same way. Um, the shots didn't fall. Um, James had four turnovers. And the San Antonio Spurs just stayed the course. You know, I think it's just one of them situations that they run into a team that's going to be well-prepared for everything that they throw at them. And the only way that they can beat the San Antonio Spurs in in a seven-game series is they have to shoot the blood out of the ball. You know what I'm saying? They have to shoot it at an alarming rate. You know, you can't be whatever 16 for 47. You have that, that, that number has to be more like 25 for 47, 26 for 47, you know? So... I just think San Antonio is always well prepared for whatever any team is going to bring at them, um, especially a Mike D'Antoni coach team. Um, we've you've diagnosed injuries before. Yes, you're a leg and knee specialist. Um, they call him Doctor Martin. Yes, sir. What is your take on uh, the injury to Kawhi? What is he dealing with, Doctor uh, Doctor Kenyon? I, I don't know. Um, I guess it was a little more serious than it appeared when it happened. Um, I didn't think it was that serious when it happened, but no one knows his pain threshold and no one wants to be out, out there more than him. So mm-hmm. for Pop to make that decision to sit him down, I don't think it was Kawhi's decision. You know, sometimes we have to um, take the control away from us, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, us as athletes, I'm saying we're going to go no matter what. And he's either Pop was probably looking at the next game and possibly game seven. You know, so if they lose this game, but so they still have two more opportunities with a, a more healthier Kawhi. You know what I'm saying with a few days of treatment in between the games and things, um, um, this, that, and the third. And what it should be think? alarming to Houston. I'm saying it should be alarming to Houston that their best player is not there and you don't get it done. 
you know, that's what the bigger story is, I think. Yeah, I agree. Do, do you think the chances of uh, of uh, him uh, resting Kawhi? Oh, he's playing. Game six? He's, he's playing. He's going to play. He's playing. playing. I agree. No, no, no doubt in my mind, 100%. He's playing. Right. A potential closeout game, um, whether they got to shoot him up or whatnot, he's going to play. You know, um, I, I think it was a smart move, not risking further injury to the to the ankle or whatnot, um, so whatever it is. And they were still able to pull a game out. So so it was a smart move, and it paid off. You know I'm saying they got the W, and now they can go down there and um and, and get a win, What's which they take? know they can do. Yeah, I hope they do it. I mean, I, I'm rooting for the Spurs. I, I don't like the, the Rockets' style. I don't like that, like, yeah. you live and die off the threes. And then and I, I think I, them playing seven guys, I think he has to play more than seven guys. When they ain't going down, you can't just play seven guys. You know, I, I think spelling those guys here and there. You know what I'm saying? I think you can get a few minutes out of Harold. You can get a few minutes out of Decker here and there. So you don't have to play them for 25, 30 minutes. But spell some of those guys here and there. And if the game does go in overtime, your superstar is not – um, he's not drained. Um, you got guys playing 44, 43 minutes. All the starters play 40-something minutes apiece. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not college basketball. You can rely on those guys and, and you don't have to worry about the next day. You know, that can have a toll on guys, you know, and, and right. we shall see moving forward. What is your uh, take on Jonathan Simmons? I, I think this 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 guy is talented. Yeah, I think I like he's him. a perfect spur. You know, he does yeah. his thing. Like, wh- what do you think the ceiling is for this kid? No, um, he's he's making a name for himself, especially in the playoffs. Um, I saw him sporadically throughout the season. Um, I like his energy level. Um, I like what he brings to the table. Like you said, he's a Spurs kind of guy. He's going to go out. He's going to compete. He's not going to make mistakes. And if he does pop corrects him, but he throws him back out there. Um, it's all teaching points for Pop. Um, I like his defense. Uh, uh-huh. um, I like what he's doing on James. He's competitive. He's giving him a different look. Um, I like him, um, and I think you should play more of him. Um, I think you should, should play him. Uh, what is it, the Detman kid? Uh-huh. Um, I'm saying they're energetic. In this type of environment, um, they have fresh legs. You know, So yeah. throwing them out there for two, three, four minutes at a time, you know what I'm saying, to change the pace of the game, extra possessions, I'm saying all those things matter at this point again. Um, at this point of the year, and I think Papa figured it out. But I definitely like the Simmons kid. Um, the Golden State Warriors are uh, resting easy. When your team is resting uh, during this this period of, of the playoffs, when you're just waiting, uh, waiting, waiting in the wings, Cleveland's obviously doing it. The uh, the the Warriors are doing it. They have like <clears throat> a week, eight, maybe nine days off. What does your team do? Well, like, are the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland, or are they going to go to Bermuda on a private jet, or is everybody <laughs> chilling, resting? They're, they're 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 practicing. Like, how do you stay fresh, or is it not about staying fresh? It's like I want to rest a little bit, watch film. Like, well, what, what what do you imagine these guys are doing in this time off? Um, I can speak from experience. Um, days in Jersey, um, we swept the first two rounds. We swept the Knicks and we swept Boston. Mm. You know, so the first two rounds, so we had that time to rest as well. You know, so you try to do it all. You try to, if guys are nicked up, banged up, you try to get those guys healthy with treatment, weightlifting, corrections, things like that. But you still want to stay sharp and practice, you know, to keep guys on their toes, things like that. And you don't want to risk injuries. So you just do it smart. You know what I'm saying? Smarter, not harder. You know what I'm saying? You get on the court, whether it's 45 minutes or whatnot, you get the work in, you half court, whatever you want to do. But guys, see, what's so one thing about the Cleveland Cavaliers, they have vets. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're in the position that they're in now. Mm-hmm. I'm saying they have vets. If you look at those at that roster, 
the only one, the only guys who probably don't have 10 plus years is Shump and Tristan Thompson. You know, so those guys know how to stay in shape, what they need to do in order to, to be in shape and ready to play. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's the beauty of it. And with Golden State, they're a fine oil machine. You know what I'm saying? They added KD to the mix, but those guys know what it takes. They've been, they've had success for the last three years. So they know what it takes to move forward in order to keep that run going. And I'm looking forward to seeing those guys battle here soon. So so when you were in, in, in Jersey and you had these time off, you're not like, oh, we're going to go to the Poconos for two days. You're, all, you're, 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 you're still you're, working. You're, you're, you're in still your head. Working. Yeah, guys have things they do. Um, I, um, I saw a video of JR the other day. JR is a big golf guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you're not practicing doing that, you find something to occupy your time that's not going to be stressful. Whatnot, right. You know what I'm saying? So you find those things, whether it's golf, bowling, reading, spending time with your family, fishing, whatever you can do in your free time. You know, you probably don't want to go fishing in Lake Erie. Uh-huh. Um, I wouldn't recommend that. No, but, that's um, not good. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. But um, no, you find things to do. Um, occupy your mind. I'm saying when you're not watching film and on the court and things like that. You know, so I think those guys do an excellent job. T. Lou's been there. He's been on championship teams with the Lakers. He's been in that environment. So so he knows what it's about. Um, he he expects those guys to be professionals. And I think with LeBron leading the charge, he holds those guys accountable. So they're not going to go out and do anything risky or risk hurting themselves, anything, um, because they know the bigger goal. Um, Draymond's been in the, uh, you know, the news. I like Draymond because, you know what, as much as he talks, he plays – Hard. Yes. He plays to win. You know, I think you know he's defense first, which you got to respect it. Um, talking about this, talking about that. I mean, I have no problem with it. You know, and he frustrates me with all the kicking and all the antics. Last year, he really, truly did hurt his team. Yes. At the most crucial time. Yeah. I mean, he he could say he can make excuses, and I'm just going to be me and blah 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 blah. But that hurt his team, and he learned from it. Do you think he did? Yes, he has. How, I think. Why do you say that? I I don't think it's been the same behavior and the same things. He's nowhere. I don't know how many. Uh, I'm so maybe I fact check and got Jordan over that can look it up for me. Um, I don't know how many technicals he had this year, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't on the verge of getting suspended again. Right. You know. No. So you learn. You know I'm saying he realized the situation he was in, whether somebody set him down and talked to him or him being a smart basketball player that he seems to be. Mm-hmm. Realize he hurt his team last year, and they could have had back-to-back championships had he not did that. You know, yeah, I those, agree. those things hurt his team. You know, so I'm pretty sure he learned from his mistakes, and and or somebody sat him down and have whether it's Steph, whether it's Steve, whether it's whoever he respects around there had a conversation with him like, "Hey, man, like that's on you," or you have to look in the mirror and realize, are you going to be here with us or not? And we can't have you doing that because you you're too valuable to this team. I'm saying you're an intricate part of what we're trying to do in our success, so we need you out on the court. Period. Yeah. I agree. I agree because, you know, when I start to think about, oh, last year in the playoffs and the finals and the, they, the, 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 the Golden State Warriors had them on the ropes and then the, uh, the, 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 ghost, the ghost kick yeah. um, came into play and then LeBron does what he does as one of the great politicians in sports and, and I, I really believe he pushed for that suspension. He wants to win on any way, shape, or form. And then, obviously, the Warriors, you know, they have to take responsibility because when he came back, they they obviously lost, and then they lost in Game 7. Who's going to have an easier road, assuming assuming uh, 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 the San Antonio 
beats Houston, which I don't know. That series is still up for grabs. It is. And assuming Washington beats Boston, which that series is up for grabs. But my prediction is that it's going to be San Antonio versus Golden State and the uh, Washington Wizards versus Cleveland Cavaliers. Are the Cleveland Cavaliers, let's assume that there's no injuries, let's assume that the Cleveland Cavaliers play the Washington Wizards. What's going to happen there? Is there going to be any pushback from Washington? I think it'll be um, – I think Washington will – they'll compete. Um, but I just I, – I don't think they have enough to beat Cleveland in a seven-game series. Right. Um, if that was was to be the matchup, um, I can't I I can't see them winning more than one game. You know, I just the way Cleveland is locked in right now, they're still giving up a lot of points, but they're scoring a lot more points. They're scoring like one seventeen again, one fifteen, one sixteen a game. They're still giving up one oh five, which is a lot of points to be given up. Um, but I just I I can't see anyone beating them in a seven game series, Boston or Washington moving I forward. Agree. And if San Antonio was to match up with Golden State, I would give them a better chance at beating Golden State than I would Houston because Houston's defense is suspect at best at times. And and you, I don't think they can beat Golden State at that game. You know, I just think Golden State has more on the bench and they've been playing that way for a lot longer. You know, so, but I'm saying, but your picks are not bad. Um, but um, so we shall see. Like you said, those series are still still going, still interesting. Um, they can go either way. Um, Houston can go home and get Game Six, and now we back mm. in San Antonio, and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So it um, it's going to be interesting. So um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to some good basketball. Which the best game of the playoffs was played last night, I believe. Um, mm. Houston San Antonio was the best game so far in the playoffs. It wasn't a blowout. Uh, it wasn't over ten points, which I think is moving forward is is good to see. Um, it's good basketball. I agree. This is the two man weave, NBA on tuning. My name is Michael Rappaport. Here with Kenyon Martin. Uh, we're doing it all playoffs. Chauncey Billups. They call him Mister Big Shot. NBA on ESPN. NBA champion. NBA Finals MVP. Big three participant, got his eye opened up the other day, trying to stay in shape yeah, for the big yeah. three. My man Chauncey Billups, <laughs> Kenya Martin. I got a nice crew here. My big three Hi, here. Mark. Chauncey, how you feeling, man? Oh, good, man. I got two of my two of my favorite guys in here, man. What up? Kenny Martin, what up? What, what up with your big shot? Thanks for calling in, brother. Oh, man. You know it. You know it. So, Chauncey. You you you're you're so you know obviously what you did on the court was uh, uh, speaks for itself and now you're on ESPN you're covering the NBA you're covering the playoffs do you ever get sick and tired of talking basketball now you, you're you're sitting here with me and Kenyon like it must be like I wonder for you guys like like you're in an airport you're in a coffee shop yo Kenyon what do you think of this yo Chauncey what do you think of this I mean. And when you're on TV all the time, as much as you guys are throughout this playoffs, are you guys ever just like, I just want to get a latte? Right. You know, you know what's crazy is I, I never get tired of talking basketball, man. Like, I, I, love, I love this game so much. Like, yeah, I mean, it's all I, I, I feel like I'm an expert at, in my life. That's all I got, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I never get tired of talking. It. The fact of the matter is, 
even if I wasn't home with y'all or if I was just with the fellas or whatever, I'm, I'm going to be talking hoop, you know. Um, so I just love it. I love talking about Canyon? Yeah, I'm the same way, man. It's like I always tell people, listen, I don't know a whole lot in this world. Mm-hmm. The one thing I do know and I know it well is the game of basketball. You know, so talking hoop is something that I can do all day, man, and, and never get tired of it. Chauncey, how you feeling about these playoffs? I was saying earlier in the show that last year the playoffs, the stigma of the playoffs was Steph Curry being the unanimous MVP. That was the drama. And now this year they're saying that the playoffs, this will be the playoffs where the playoffs suck. Like people are complaining about the games. What What is your takeaway? You're watching all the games. You're covering all the games. Like how are you feeling about these games? Like honestly, like are you enjoying them? Or is it boring? Is it lopsided? Like what are you well, feeling about it? Well, a lot of the games are, are obviously lopsided, man. Um, to me, I, I really – I was excited. I thought the second round would be a lot better. Um, but obviously, shoot, man, these Cavs and, and Golden State, they're just running through everybody. The other two – well, the other series, two series are, are good series. I thought it would be four good series. But, you know, it's, it's it just kind of shows you how much better, you know, Cleveland is and, and Golden State is than everybody. You know, than everybody. These two, these two other series that's going on right now, they're gonna be they fighting like dogs to get through the series. And as soon as they get through the series, they they both gonna get beat up on so quick. <laughs> but but because those other two teams are so good, whether it's Washington or Boston or whether it's Houston, uh, well, if it is Houston, not San Antonio, those other three teams they'll celebrate their season just making it to the conference finals. That's a great right. season for them. Like San Antonio, I won't say that for them because they're champions and. Albeit Tony's out, they're not. They'll never celebrate their season unless they win it. Those other three teams, they celebrate their season when they go into the conference finals. If uh, everything lines up the way it's looking like it's going to line up, barring any injuries, which I really don't hope doesn't happen, the Cleveland Cavaliers play the Wash up uh, the Washington Wizards. Cleveland Cavaliers play the Golden State Warriors in the NBA championship for the third straight time. Everybody's healthy. Who's going to win that series, at Chauncey? Oof. Man, oh man, I uh, I just <laughs> think it's gonna be tough, man. But if if you know the way Cleveland's playing right now in both teams, I would say I would lean towards Cleveland. Wow! I know you hate LeBron. I know you hate LeBron rap, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm I would lean towards Cleveland, and here's why. By and large, for the most part, they they have more shooters on their team than Golden State does. Now they don't. Now Golden State got the best three shooters in the world. For the for the roster to roster, Cleveland has they got the better shooters than Golden State does. Two, they got the best player they got the best player in the series. They got the best player in the series, and Golden State does a lot of switching, as does you know Cleveland does sometimes, but they they do a little more scheming defensively than just switch and help out the guy. They're gonna like last year in the series they chased Steph. Steph Curry the entire series. Whoever he was guarding, screen, make him. They they chased him the entire series. You'll see a lot of that again. They got the best one on one player in the series in Kyrie. So I mean, it could easily go either way. But if I had to, if right now with the way Cleveland's playing, the way LeBron is playing, I would say Cleveland is seven now. Oh man, I can't so, deal let with me it. Ask you this, Chance. Do you think them missing uh, Matthew Dellavedova? 
and, and like in that situation, chasing Steph and all that, you think they'll miss him? I do. I think that they will miss him. Um, but but here's you know you you on the other side of that coin though, Kmart is you bring in a guy like D. Will in, and if you notice how they play with him when he comes in, like they put him in pick and rolls all day. He's a very good pick and roll player. That is he can true. Space the floor. He can space the floor. So now you got you got him running pick and rolls with one three or one whoever pick and rolls. Now you can put him and Kai out there at the same time. Now defensively yeah. they take a hit. But offensively, the thing runs so much better, man. So much okay, better. You I think mean, him, what player. he brings to the floor offensively um, kind of makes up for the stuff that Della Vadova did defensively? It will. I think okay. I think it will. You know, I, I really do. He can make shots. He can run pick and rolls. He makes the right reads. I mean, really, Kyrie's a great, great player, but Kyrie's not a great pick and roll player. I'm with you. He's a great pick and roll, get the switch, and go to work. But he 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 don't he's not patient enough to let the play develop. I mean, how many times just just in y'all's head right now? How many times have Kyrie come off a pick and roll and found Corver on the weak side pin down? Oh yeah, not yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah not a lot. Yeah, but D Will does it all the time, and D Will yeah. finds guys. Jr. Like it just it just it makes their offense a lot better. So I mean, you know, you 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 robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit, but you know. I don't. I don't think you know. No, can't none of them dudes really guard Steph anyway. So you might as well have somebody. Else. <laughs> so you might as well ask somebody that can put the ball. Can't hide him nowhere. Yeah, you can make sure you can't hide him nowhere. <laughs> I got you. I got you. And um, on, uh, in the other series, um, with um, the way James played in the fourth quarter, do you think him not sitting out in um, regular season, not wanting to, not willing to sit out a few games late, is affecting him? Um, the minutes that he's playing now and everything that he has to do. Okay, man, I can't. I can't give him that pass, man. I yeah. can't give him that pass. I mean, he was. He had every opportunity yesterday with Kyrie. I mean, excuse me, with Kawhi being down. He the best player on the floor, and he settled all fourth quarter and overtime. Man, he he turned it over or he settled for bad shots, and that to me, man, he 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 really it looked like a deer in headlights, man. He, yeah. he really did. I, I I was really surprised. I was really surprised, but just the plays that he made, I mean, step back threes on a contested hand, especially with they only playing Aldridge, so you got no rim protection. You get to the free he 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 settled for threes like he couldn't make free throws, like he was a bad free throw shooter. Yeah, mm. true. Yeah, I he went from attacking I the basket earlier. Yeah, you don't have anybody that can man the paint. Aldridge is not man in the paint. They got too many shooters, so they're spacing them out. The paint is wide open. I just could I couldn't I just I couldn't believe I couldn't believe the way James played that fourth quarter in overtime. Especially in a game that's that's two two. You got a chance to have a closeout game at home. Their best players banged up. He uh, they blew a great opportunity. All right, shifting to seeing what you guys are gonna do. The big three basketball tournament this summer, starting June twenty yeah, fifth. Yeah. The games are gonna be played all over the country. They're gonna be airing on Fox Sports One. Chauncey, you're the captain of your team, the Killer Threes. The co-captain is Steven Jackson. They call him El Capitan. Your team consists of Reggie Evans, Larry Hughes, Brian Cook, player coach Charles Oakley. The other day I saw a picture of you. Uh, you had, I don't know, maybe that's like a two or three stitches you got. Uh, what, what, what happened? How's your workouts coming yeah. on? You, you look lean and mean. What do you have left in the tank? How you feeling about the Killer Threes? Man, I love my squad. I think we got a we we picked a 
we picked a good squad. The draft was perfect. We we went into the draft saying, okay, we need a big that can kind of rebound, play D, switch a little bit, do some of the dirty things that you know that we need to be done. I wanted another guard that can you know that can run pick and rolls, that can that can defend a little bit, that can make plays. You get a guy like Larry Hughes, we got lucky there. And then I also wanted a pick and pop guy. Um, and and Brian Cook, we got had the last pick in the draft, so it worked out. It worked out good, you know. But there's some other really good teams out there too. So I think it's going to be very competitive. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, more, more than anything, rap, and I tell people this all the time, like just just a chance to compete and just have fun um, with the guys that you you spend so much time competing against and having fun and playing with, and just just that camaraderie, that fellowship, fellowship, and again, like. Albeit it will be it will be competitive, but man, it'll be just a good time. It'll be fun and just to bring the guys back together. What other team are you impressed by in the draft? Um, Scalabrini's team. Then uh, they're called the Ball Hogs. They're coached by Rick Barry. I, I suggest they yeah. change the name to Blame Scalabrini. No one's listening to me on that. <laughs> Kenyon's got his crew. Him and Al Harrington. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, AI's around. He's got a team that he's sort of like you know the the, the big question mark. What's he going to do? You know, Jermaine yeah. O'Neal and Bonzi got a team coached by Doc. What other team were you impressed I, by? And and then I, my other second question is, is I because I talked to him about him before, and you 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 talked about what he how he influenced you and how you you know you were just a fan of his. Mahmoud Abdul Rauf is on the three headed monsters. Captain uh, yeah. Rashard Lewis and Jason Williams. So how are you feeling about these other teams? And what did you think of uh, Mahmoud seeing him uh, you know back in action? Dude, first of all, Mahmoud is one of my favorite players of all time, man. Like all the time, for real. Like I worked his camp as a kid. Um, he, one of one of my, I'll tell you a funny story. One of the best and worst days of my life was working his camp. He let me work out with him afterwards, and this dude made fifty straight shots, pretty much all net. And I swear, like I was, I was. It, it was a great day because I seen that, but it also made me feel like, damn, I. I ain't never gonna make it. Like this dude ain't even an all star. Like, how did I make it? <laughs> this dude, like it was the worst and best day of my life. But I love Mark Moore, and he was in great shape. And he's gonna be a problem in that league. They got a tough squad. I love, I love Kmart them squad. Um, I like them too. But I like Scalabrini them too. They got a lot of six, 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 seven guys. You know, I'm sure they'll be switching a lot and doing a lot of stuff. But shoot, man, it's it's gonna be fun, man. Hey, Chauncey's the other good guy who keeps it, who keeps it nice, Mike. Like I know. him and Al are my, I'm saying my good conscious friends. You know they keep yes. me level. You know, yeah, see I'm me that dude on the left shoulder. Yeah, see me. I don't <laughs> think Scalabrini. See me. I don't think Scalabrini and him is gonna win a game. <laughs> no, no, they're gonna be decent, bro. They're gonna With be Josh decent. Childress. They, hey, nah, that's just my opinion. Decent. I just don't think they gonna win a game. <laughs> nah, bro, they're gonna be decent, man. They got they got length. They got dudes that playing still. They're in shape. Yeah. They're yep. they're really still professional players. I got you. That's gonna be that's gonna be helpful. So I mean they they don't have like a guard that can make a play pick and roll player, but I think they're gonna be cool though. Dang and what's your workout? Did they, workout? Get, the, hey, did they get that buyer's kit? Did they get the Chance. buyer's kit? Yeah, Chance. they got them. They got Chance. Derek Byers. I'm telling you, they're gonna be all right. Chance. They ain't got no dogs though. Yeah, when they nah, get they tough. Don't. Nah, they don't. When they get when they get gritty and you need that that mm, I got, I they ain't got that. No, nah, they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. And that's that's you know, 
that's a big part of this whole thing is is having them having them killers like that. Yeah, I agree. Th- that mentality. You know what I'm saying? They're going to yeah, compete. No you know what I'm saying? I'm happy to have them there, the great guys. But I just yeah. I just look at the situation for for this or what it is. And the yeah. people, I'm saying, they picked great basketball players, skilled guys, guys that no, can get it they done. they did. They did. But it's just in this environment, like they ain't got nobody to match what Reggie is going to bring to the table. Yeah. No, no question. No <laughs> question. <laughs> Yo, or, I don't care who they yeah. would think. Nobody, see? I'm saying, but it's gonna be fun, man. And I'm looking forward to Jay it. Wildham, Jay Wildham got a nice. They got a nice crew. Definitely, um, I like their team. And, um, yeah, they got they got a nice crew with Mahmoud and Shard. And defensively, they may struggle a little with with, with Jay Will and, and Mahmoud, though. Yeah, yeah this, and Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown was one of the people that came in in, in best shape. I, I I said it right to his face. I said, if you had been in this good of shape uh, when you were playing, you'd probably still be playing. He didn't really like that joke, um, <laughs> but you know what? You got to keep swinging, Chauncey. That's the that's the thing. Like, not everybody's gonna like every joke. Let me just let you go. But my <laughs> final question is this, Chauncey: What have you been doing for your personal workout for the big three? How are you staying in shape? How are you getting ready? And who who right. hemmed you up? Who hemmed you up in the uh, the I upper just, eye area? I I just now I just now started working out like like a week ago. Um. Just a week ago, man, and I've just been doing my little old-school workout, getting in the gym, getting up shots, and then I'll play a little five-on-five. But I was playing yesterday um, against some college kids and caught a little elbow, um, gave a kid an up-and-under. He went for the fake, and I stepped mm. through and got that elbow. Mm. But guess and what? We won the game, you know what I'm saying? And I was hey, leaking. Hey, is a bleeder. I what I had to do. Hey, Chance is a bleeder, Mike. I yeah. am. I am. Because he sweat less. Sweat so much, that skin gets soft. Yeah, he sweats so much. You know what I'm saying? Like he works up a good lather, and his skin gets like anything. Like you can like anything to cut him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I'll be ready. Yo, He's man. Like, I appreciate you calling in, brother. All right, Kay. All right, I'll holler at y'all. All, All right, Chauncey. Right, right. That was uh, Mr. Big Shop, Chauncey Billups, NBA Finals MVP, the NBA on tuning. Kenyon, um, fantastic show. We're doing it all playoff long, okay? Rockets to the wheels don't come off. I have, the next time you speak to me on TuneIn, I have the Washington Winners playing for the East's Conference Finals, and I have the San Antonio Spurs playing in the Western Conference Finals. It's the NBA on TuneIn. Listen to all the games here on NBA on TuneIn. Kenyon, thank you. Michael yes, Rapport, it's a two-man weave. We're done having fun. Stay with us. We're out. Thank you for listening to the Two Man Weave Podcast with your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin.